Amen. Well, I, I didn't start a series last week, but in a, kind, in, in a way, I, I kind of did. Um, I just kind of, when we get to the end of the year, I, I, there's just things that have been in my heart all year long that cause, you know, the timing and stuff of how God's doing different things that are they're still there, but uh, we get to the end of the year here, and it's just things that just, I just feel necessary to get out. And last week, uh, I spoke on a message called Walking with God. And we learned that through the scriptures that to walk with God really means, number one, to walk with him means to be in his presence. Because God's the one who initiates the walk. Amen? And, uh, and it says in the garden, the first time you hear the mention of walking, it's God walking in the garden looking for Adam and Eve. And it says that they hid themselves from his presence. So we can see the first mention of walking with God is walking in his presence. And to walk in his presence really is to, you can, you can get the message, you can sign up for the message, but it's really, we have to walk in obedience, we've got to believe in him, and we've got to trust in him. And, you, and there's a difference between believing in him and trusting in him. We can believe that God can, we can believe, but trusting is him is, is knowing that he will. He, it's by faith that we please him, because those who come to God must believe that he is half of it, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Not only does he exist, he rewards our faith for trusting in him. Are you with me? So today, if you got your Bibles, you can turn to uh, Colossians verse number or chapter 1. I'm gonna, I read this last week. I'm just going to touch it as we just kind of start off with it again. The title of the message today is Reigning with God. Someone say, Reigning with God. And we're not talking about reigning as rain coming down, we're talking about reigning as in ruling and, 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 and taking our place with God for what Jesus Christ has done for us. So uh, here's a prayer that Paul prayed over the, over the believers, great prayer that we could pray over anybody, over ourselves, over our family members, friends, those who don't even know the Lord. And Paul said this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. He said, we have not ceased to pray for you, and to ask, and here's what he asked, that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And this is why. So that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, last week we really kind of stayed there with you know, uh, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And, man, God wants you to know him. I, I, out of every, you know, I probably would say, you know, the theme culture part of our culture here at the church is, that, is to know God. We got to know him. We have to. This is where life is. It's coming not to know about him, to know him, to have deep, intimate knowledge of who he is. This brings life. It fulfills the desire of our passions in this earth to want to, to wanna be more, do more. It's all found in knowing who he is. And this is the prayer that Paul prayed. He said, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will so that you can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him, bear fruit, and increase in the knowledge of God. I love those three little things there. Please Him, know Him, and increase in the knowledge of God. To, 
to, uh, uh, to bear fruit, or you could really just say produce Him. God wants us to please Him. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to produce Him. He's looking for, he's looking for Himself in the earth. Amen. And He finds Himself in us as believers, His sons and daughters. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we are co-laborers with God. We work together. We're fellow workers with God. He has his part. We do our part. And I really believe as we talk about this this morning about reigning with God, that there are three areas that God wants us to excel in as representatives of heaven. Three areas that God wants every single believer to excel in. That he wants us to, to please him in, to know him more in, to produce him more in as representatives of heaven. We are here on assignment. We're here on assignment. There's many things that God will call us to do, but the main assignment for all that we are called to do is to know him. And when we know him, we understand that he wants us to help others to know him. That's salvation. Others to come to the knowledge of who he is. And there's three areas, and I want to talk about those three areas today. And, and I believe that these areas will help us to please him, to know him, and to produce him. God wants us to excel as kings. He wants us to excel as priests. And he wants us to excel as prophets. I want to kind of go down to these three different things this morning as we talk about these individually. The first one is reigning as kings. You know, kings govern. They administer. They exercise authority and influence. They govern. They administer. They exercise authority and influence. Not our own influence. The influence of heaven. We are to influence those around us with the influence of heaven. And if I'm going to influence those around me with the influence of heaven, I have to be influenced by heaven. Amen. I've got to know him. I can't influence others for him if I don't know him. The more I know him, the more influence I become. Are you with me? So I want to take one of these main scriptures here, and it's in Romans chapter 5, verse number 17. It'll be up on the screen. Paul said this, If by the transgression of the one, speaking about Adam, because of his disobedience, Death reigned through the one. So by the transgression of the one, Adam, death reigned through the one. But much more, those who receive the abundance of grace, didn't just say grace, it said the abundance of grace, which is God's divine enablement to do things that you can and never will be able to do on your own, and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Now that rain there has to it, uh, some of the more tr literal translations say, uh, you know, how much more death reigned through the one Adam who sinned, but much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life through the one Jesus Christ. He wants us to reign as kings. He wants to help use us to govern and administer and exercise his authority and influence, to influence the earth with heaven's culture. All right, don't get too excited about it now. 
Come on. You know, um, I don't believe this will be on the screen, but Revelations chapter, chapter 1, verse number 5 says this, All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us, I'll say that again, he has made us a kingdom of priests. The literal translation of that is, he has made us kings and priests. Isn't it awesome that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords? You know, until I began to study this out, I kind of always just thought, you know, kind of like those kings that aren't serving him. He's the king of those who, who no matter what authority, he's power over it all. Those who don't want to know. But he's also the king's capital king. He's the capital king of the little K kings. And we are part of that. This scripture also comes out in a literal translation can be... Uh, um, he has made us a kingdom of priests, or he has made us a kingdom of kings. Think about this. God has a kingdom of kings and a kingdom of priests. We're not insignificantly nobodies. We are royalty. We are all the bloodline. Not to rule to be the one totally in charge, but to be those who will rule under his rulership, under his influence. All authority is given. All authority is given. We just don't gain authority by ourselves. It is given. And the Bible says that all authority has been given by God. He puts those in charge. Amen? Another, another scripture in Revelation says this, Revelations 5.10, this is from the, the Young's literal translation. You were slain, talking about Jesus, and did redeem us to God in your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and did make us to be uh, to our God kings and priests and we shall reign upon the earth. We shall reign upon the earth. See, one of the things that hinders us from actually being able to use heaven's influence is that we, we think that it comes from us. Whenever we try to do any kind of, of governing or influence anything from ourselves, it always fizzles out because we're limited. When we are under authority, remember the, um, oh, what was his name? I can't remember. It was, it was the centurion that came to Jesus and, and he, he was a Gentile, and he asked Jesus, actually sent a servant first because he's like, I'm not even worthy to even go before Jesus. He heard all the things that Jesus was doing. He said, I'm not even worthy to come before you. He said, just, just say the word. You don't have to come to my house. Just say the word, and I know it will be done because I also am a man under authority. See, to be under authority, he was saying, I am a man under authority. I'm under those who are over me, so I know that whenever I say something, that those who are under me will do what I say because I do what I'm told to do by that which is over me. So all you do got to do, Jesus, is just say the word and it is enough. And Jesus marveled. It's one of the few places in scriptures that the Bible said Jesus marveled and said, look how much faith. They're here. This, I see more faith in this than in all of Israel that he's willing to believe me for what I just said. Taking me at my word, your son is healed. Amen. Under authority. You know, Proverbs 21 says, a king's heart is like channels of water. 
And the Lord can direct that flow wherever he desires. You know, there's two ways that we can look at this. One, one view in the scripture is that all authority comes from God and he can direct those he has placed in charge as he chooses. Another way is to see it as we as kings have to keep our hearts pliable so that they will flow in the direction that God wants us to go. True, true, true authority comes in serving. This is what Jesus taught in the scriptures. He says, you know how the Gentiles do it. Those who don't, don't follow God's ways, they lord their authority over others. But this is not how the kingdom does it. If you want to have authority and you want to have power in the kingdom, you're going to have to learn how to serve. Because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. To, to have that influence, to be able to govern God wants his children to serve the earth with his presence. He wants his children to serve those who don't know the kingdom with the kingdom resources. His healing, his life. Amen. We're, we have the authority to be able to go in and change situations. God has given us that enablement to be able to change atmospheres. As we're under authority... As we're speaking the things of the kingdom. Are you with me? As kings of the kingdom, it's our assignment to influence the earth with heaven's rule. Remember that kings govern and minister. I want to show you uh, the word govern here. It means to rule over by right of authority. We have right to authority because Christ has given us that right. He gained that right when he, he took the keys back of death, hell, and the grave. He said, all authority has been given to me, now go. And with that go, he was saying, I have the authority. It's been given to me, now I share that authority with you. That doesn't put us over him. He is delegating his authority. He's delegating his rule. He's delegating his power. Amen. So to govern is to rule over by right of authority, to exercise a direction or influence over, to guide and hold to check. You know, as kingdom, as kingdom people, as, as kings under the king, we have the responsibility to help guide those who don't know him and hold them in check with, with kingdom standards. This, this, is, this is what the Bible says about the kingdom of God. This is what the Bible says about who he is. Not keeping our mouths silent doesn't mean we're, we're trying to lord it over people, but we have, we have the authority and the right to be able to adjust what people view about God. And when we hear something that is opposite of the kingdom of God, we have the responsibility to correct that error. And it's not slapping somebody around. It's as little as, as an adjustment of changing a mindset like God is good and he only does good. There's a lot of Christians that have trouble with that. Well, if he's good and he only does good, why is there so much evil in the world? Why does so much devastation happen? doesn't change the goodness of God. There are things that we don't understand and we won't understand until we see him face to face. But it does not change and we cannot allow anything to dictate to us to change the perspective of the fact that God is good and he only does good. 
Just because I don't understand it all, does it, it doesn't give me the right to change what the Bible says about God. He is light. He is good. There is no darkness in him. He does not do evil. He does not do, uh, you know, he doesn't bring darkness. He's light. Amen? I've got to keep that influence moving along. Another word uh, for a king, you know, they administer, they govern, they administer. To administer means to manage or to have executive charge over. To bring into use or operation. To bring aid or supply. We as kings under the king are able to bring a supply in the aid of heaven to earth. We're representatives of God. Are you with me? God wants us to excel in this area. Another area God wants us to excel in is, is reigning as priests. Now, priests have the responsibility to protect, teach, and cultivate the presence of God. I'm going to say that again. Priests have the responsibility to protect, teach, and cultivate the presence of God. And they do this through worship, through teaching others God's word and God's ways, and through prayers and supplication to see God's will inhabit earth just like it does in heaven. Now, Jesus is the high priest. We're not taking his place, but we're called to worship God. Man, when you, I know Bill Johnson has said this, and I know that clicked with me, and, you know, when you don't know what to do, we're, we're called to be priests. When you don't know what to do in a situation, just worship. Just worship. Work on the adoration of God. I mean, I remember Pastor Jonathan Stockstill had a, did a teaching one time on praise and worship. And he said, he says, when we begin to praise and worship God, it's like putting a target on your back. God's looking for those targets where he can, you know, send forth who he is upon them so he can influence. He's looking for targets because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when you, no matter what situation you are going through, no matter how devastating it may be at the moment, it, it, yeah, it's easy, it, sometimes it's just the easiest thing. You can just flow and look at all the negative things, but there is power, there's a powerful supply that will come to your aid as you begin to focus on the adoration of God, as you begin to lift him up and worship him, taking that position as a priest that God has made you because of what Christ has done. Hallelujah. So thinking about worship, you know, priests, they were to, we have that responsibility to protect, teach, and cultivate the presence of God. We do this through worship. You know, in Hosea chapter 4, uh, God says this, My people are being destroyed because they don't know who I am. My people are being destroyed because they don't know who I am. And it's the priest's responsibility to teach people who God is. We, have freely under, we freely understand as he gives it to us and helps us to understand who he is. We have that obligation to be able to share that with others. Amen? Just to further, a couple scriptures down from that in Hosea chapter 4, verse number 6, it says, uh, what says, you know, my people are being destroyed because they don't, know, they don't know me. And then just a couple verses down, he says, and what the priests do, the people do. What the priests do, the people do. We are influencers. 
We've got to make sure that we're walking in a manner that's worthy of the Lord, worthy of the call that he has placed on our lives to be kings, to be priests, to protect his presence here on this earth. Amen? When we look at his word, we're, we're called as priests to be able to, to teach and to train others and to help them understand who God is. The Bible says in Nehemiah, you know, as, as they were rebuilding the walls in, in Jerusalem after the, the exile, they were coming back, and Ezra was one of them, and Nehemiah came and began to build the walls and uh, beginning the, getting the, the things, the worship going back and forth. And, and the people were, you know, they, they were serving other idols in a, in a different nation, and they came back, and they still they needed some things to be in check. And what they did, they found some of the writings of the law, and the priests got up and began to speak this out to the people. They began to read them to the people, just reading the word of the law to the people. And the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8, it says, They read from the book of the law and God had, and of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. And verse number 12 says, The people went away with great joy. Because they had heard God's word and understood it. Man, there's something about knowing and understanding the word of God that will bring joy to your situation. It's the power of his word that brings change. Are you with me this morning? So we, we're called to protect through worship, his presence, and, and teaching of his word. Another one is through prayers and supplications. Jesus is our great example of this in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 7. This is from the, the Passion Translation. It says, During Christ's days on earth, he pleaded with God, praying with passion and with tearful agony that God would spare him from death. And because of his perfect devotion in prayer, his prayer was answered and he was delivered. Some would say, but he died. Yes, but he lived. He was spared from death. His body did not undergo decay. You know, he's, he's our representative. He's praying for us right now. We have that responsibility. A priest would go in and they would pray for their own sins, but they would also go in and they would lift up the nation of Israel. They would go in and lift up and bring the concerns of the people before the Lord and receive instruction. We are, we are called to bring prayers and supplications unto God for things that are going on in our nation, things that are going on in our families. God hears our prayer. You keep it in line with who he is. You keep it in line with his word. He hears our prayer and our supplications. I love uh, Tasha had taught on this, this whole verse last week. I'm just going to touch it real quick. But at 2 Peter 2.9, it says this, you are a chosen race, a royal, and that royal there really means kingly. You are a royal priesthood. You are a kingly priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God for God's own possession so that, this is why you are that, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Listen to what the Passion Translation says. You are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings. A spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders 
throughout the world. He wants us as kings and priests to proclaim, to broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. And this takes us to our third place that he wants us to excel in. Kings, priests, he wants us to excel at being prophets. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about every one of us is going to be walking in the office of a prophet in the sense or the gift, you know, the gift of a prophet. But we can all prophesy. God, God wants to influence our lives. Really, a prophet is one inspired to speak by divine inspiration. You're inspired to speak by divine inspiration. Inspiration means this, the stimulation within the mind or some idea, feeling or impulse, which leads to a creative action, a divine or holy presence, which inspires. It's also the act of inhaling air. We take in God, and we're able to breathe out God. You know, whenever you came in, you know, we're, we're in our mother's wombs, and we're in that, you know, that, that sack or whatever. And then when we come out, before we breathed out, we breathed in. When God created Adam, he breathed into Adam. So Adam's first reaction to God's breathing upon him was taking God in. You take in life, and then you exhale life. When someone passes away, they don't take in a breath. They exhale the breath that God gave them. We take God in. We are influenced by God. We're inspired by God. He breathes upon us. He speaks to us. He influences us. We take it in not to hold it, but to release it. So that the influence by which we were inspired by and influenced and changed by can bring influence and change upon somebody else. By a simple act of exhaling, giving, Freely we received, freely we give. Amen? God says in Jeremiah 1.5, and he was speaking to Jeremiah there, but I believe he's speaking to all of us when he says, Before I formed you, I appointed you as a prophet, an inspire one. He wants his children to be inspired by him, influenced by him, so that we will speak his glorious wonders and broadcast them throughout the world so that the earth will be filled with his glory. We're his agents in the earth. We have got to understand that how this works is that God's rule in, in the heavenly realm, in the realm of eternity, we are in the natural realm. He is in the eternal realm. To get things from the eternal realm into the natural realm is where we as believers, we take what God has shown us because we're his representatives here. We are his door on the earth by which he will come through. So when he says something, when he shows something, and we speak and we do what we see heaven doing, the Father doing, just as Jesus said it many times, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I, don't, I can't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. He was taking those things that the Father showed him from the eternal realm and releasing them into the natural realm and bringing change. That's kingly. That's priesthood. That's the prophet. Amen? Are you with me? Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says this. The Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. He does nothing in the earth without revealing it to his chosen ones. 
We are his chosen ones. We have got to start seeing ourselves as his chosen ones. We have got to see, start seeing ourselves as those who have been given authority under his power to change atmospheres, to bring influence, to govern, to, to be able to worship God and to be heard and have the influence to be able to change people's opinions about who he is because of who he is. Hallelujah. Job said this in uh, chapter 22, verse 28. You will decree a thing, and it will be established for you. This is part of that broadcasting his excellencies. We decree what heaven decrees. So that's where it talks about, you know, you come into agreement. Anything you bind on earth will, you know, will have been bound in heaven. And so sometimes people get that wrong. It's like, I can bind anything. And it's good. No, what we have the authority to do is to bind and loose those things that are already bound and loosed in heaven. It's something that's bound in heaven. It's not in heaven's atmosphere. We have that power and authority to be able to bind those up with heaven's authority. And we have the authority to be able to loose the things that have been loosed in heaven. Those are all the promises of God that are in Christ Jesus and are yes and amen. We don't need to toil over it. When God says it's yes and amen, there's no toiling. It's only believing and receiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Having been trusted with God's secrets, we have the responsibility to, de to declare <clears throat> God's plans. The true prophetic has one inspired message, and it's his message. His message, what he says. Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 2, I, I pray, you know, if there's any consolation of Christ, if there's any love, I pray that you be of the same heart, of the same mind, for the same motive, to do the same will, his will, his purpose. Taking our own agendas, our own ministries, and all these things that we try to build for ourselves, it's nothing in comparison to who He is. If what we do and what we're called to do does not lift Him up, we are in error. We're missing it. Because the true message of the kingdom is the message of who He is. Amen? True prophetic message is, is one inspired message. It's His message. And the testimony of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the spirit of prophecy. It's a testimony of who he is. So I want to show you real quick through scripture. You know, whenever we work with heaven, and we have to use his word. If you're going to work with heaven, you've got to use heaven's resources. And you've got to understand that there, it's, it's not about your feeling. That doesn't mean our feelings don't mean nothing. We have our feelings, but we cannot allow our feelings to dictate to us anything other than what heaven is saying, the reality of heaven. When your feelings contradict the reality of heaven, your feelings are wrong. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean they're not real in the sense, you know, that you, you can't feel them. Yeah, fear, fear is, is, is real. All these things are real. But when it challenges and it opposes the kingdom of heaven and the rule and the realities of heaven, we have got to cling to that. By, it, it is by faith. When your emotions and everything else are going out of control, you by faith, it's a sacrifice where you grab a hold of what heaven says, regardless of what you feel or what you're experiencing at that moment. It is the purest, uh, the purest outpour of faith in the midst of everything coming against you. I choose to believe heaven. I choose to believe the promise. I choose to believe God. And it's a choice. 
scripture, here's what happens. <clears throat> when we release God's inspired word, because we, he saved us, made us kings and priests so that we would declare, like prophets, we would declare his excellencies, who he is in this realm. The Bible says this, <clears throat> bless the Lord. This is in Psalms 103.20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. When we line up with heaven and we speak what God speaks by faith, and there's a difference, you know, there is a confession to faith and there is a confession of faith. A confession to faith is where I'm not quite in faith about it yet, but I'm getting into the word and I'm meditating on the word and I'm speaking what the word says about the situation. I haven't arrived to faith in it yet, but I'm getting myself there because I'm declaring, I'm confessing myself to faith, stirring myself up on what God has said in his word. And all of a sudden, my faith kicks in. Now it becomes a confession of faith. It, it, it tapped into the life source where I truly believe on the inside what his word says is true and it's for me. And I declare it and it's powerfully distributed. What happens is the angels grab a hold of that word according to this scripture. It says, bless the Lord, you as angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of the word. Man, this, this scripture brings about many other scriptures you think about where God says, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish all that I send it forth to do. Angels are ministering spirits that go forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. When we speak God's word, angels aren't just up there flying around and keeping heaven cool. Right? No. When we're speaking God's word by faith, we're putting angelic hosts into action. They're taking, in the spirit world, they're taking God's word that we grabbed a hold of, and we're launching it here. They're, they're causing it to come about. But they're looking, they're listening for the voice of his word because it says the angels obey the voice of his word. you know who the voice of his word is? We are the voice of his word in this earth. We are his voice in this earth. We take what he has showed us in his word, and as he begins to speak a rhema word to us, we become that voice in this earth where we're speaking it out. We're taking from the spiritual realm, from the eternal realm. In this natural realm, I speak what God speaks, and God backs it up. It's not me speaking what I speak, and God backs it up. It's me speaking what God has said to speak, and he backs it up. Mark chapter 16 at the end says, that, uh, you know, the disciples went forth. Jesus ascended to heaven. The disciples went forth because he told them to go. Go. I, all authority is given me. Now go. And it says they went and preached the gospel. And the Lord performed signs that followed by confirming their word. It was they were preaching his gospel, his message, and God performed the word. He confirmed it, the Bible says, with signs that follow. I know a guy, his name is... Um, uh, no, I forget his name. That's awful. John. And uh, it's, like, it's kind of funny. You know, he's, hey, you know, here's a guy I know. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. No, he's kidding. Um, <laughs> and and uh, he, he had told me the story one time because he was a traveling minister. 
and uh, he was at home and or he was out traveling and his wife had called him and you know as he was out sometimes he'd be gone as a travel minister sometimes you're gone you know just a weekend or sometimes you could be gone for a couple weeks or so and, and he was gone for a little lengthy time and his wife called him and was saying you know um, that um, you know I'm, I keep getting these things in the mail can keep getting these calls you know about late bills and different things that are going on and and uh, he, he said he was in, in the bathroom at the hotel, and he's like, God, I'm here, you know, doing what you told me to do. And my, my wife is concerned, you know, we got these different things coming in. And he said as he was there, he was actually in the bathtub just soaking. And he said as he was there kind of complaining to the Lord about it, he's like, you know, I'm doing your will, Lord, you know, but we're, we're struggling. We need, we need finances, you know, to, to help bring this in. And as he said this, there was an angel just leaning up against the doorpost of the bathroom, just sitting there. He said, just relaxed. And he's, at first he was kind of like, whoa, you know, the angel's here. <clears throat> and he's like, what is this? And the Lord spoke to his spirit and said, he says, that's one of your angels. He said, he's waiting for your command. And he said, in the name of Jesus, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Jesus' name. And he said, that, as soon as he said that, finished that scripture, the angel went and took off. And he was, he was wondering, after that, he was wondering, saying, I wonder how many angels, you know, that God has given me that, you know, are unemployed. Because we're not speaking his word. We're not proclaiming his excellencies. I want to give you one last scripture. Psalms 149. I love this in, in any translation, but I just want to read it today. In the, the Passion Translation, Psalms 149, 5 through, through 9. Listen to this. His godly lovers triumph in, glory, in the glory of God, and their joyful praises rise even while others sleep. God's high and holy praises fill their mouths, for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warring weapons will bring vengeance on every opposing force and every resisting power. To bind kings with chains and rulers with irons of fetters or, sh or shackles. Praised-filled warriors will enforce the judgment doom decreed against their enemies. This is the glorious honor. Other translations say uh, this is the, the inheritance this is our inheritance. He gives to all his godly lovers, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That doesn't mean, you know, when we're, we're binding things. How we bind things is just not run, walking around and it's like, I bind you, I bind you, I bind you. No, how we bind things is speaking God's word over the situation. And those opposing forces that oppose what, what God wants to happen in our lives and what's happened in heaven, as we speak his word, we're releasing those angels. They're warring on our behalf and fighting and binding up those powers and the principalities that would hinder what God wants to do. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up if you would. Did you get anything? Father, we just worship you this morning. And we thank you. And we honor you. That you, Lord God, it's something that you put into motion. It's not something that, that we did. Lord, you have called us to be kings and priests and prophets in this earth. To, to govern, Lord God. To help govern your, your kingdom in this earth, Lord God. To, to, uh, 
to worship and to teach others who you really are, to proclaim your excellencies, working with heaven. Father, and we repent right now. You can just join with me, even with your own words. Father, we repent in any way that because of fear or even just looking at ourselves, forgive us for looking at ourselves when we should have been looking at you. Forgive us for saying that we don't have the authority when you say freely I have given you a portion of my authority to rule and to reign. Forgive us for thinking that worship is not powerful, that teaching others who you are and just, and just those little adjustments to help them view you to come to a better perspective so that they can behold you because your word says as we behold you, as we see you, we become more like you. That's what happens. We, you want to use us to help change people's perspective so they can see you for themselves and be changed by you. We don't want people to become like us. We want people to become like you because it's lasting. Father, forgive us for the times that we spoke your word, but we, we believe that we spoke it with our mouths, but we didn't even exercise our faith in it, thinking it really wasn't going to happen anyhow. No, Lord God, we make tremendous power available through our fervent prayers of faith in you, in your ability, what you're able to do. Father, we rejoice in you. I want you to just lift your voices right now, and I want you to begin to take your authority, knowing of your relationship with him as a priest. You're, you're the one who's able to go into his presence through Christ Jesus. I want you to begin to speak as things will come to your mind, as, as scriptures come to your mind right now. I want you to begin to proclaim the excellencies of God over your situation. Point at it if you have to. Begin to declare what heaven says about your situation. It happens. You have to raise up your voice. You have to push air through your mouth. You've got to put your faith in his word to release from the eternal realm into this natural realm what God wants to do. And Father, we trust you. We rely on you, regardless of the opposition, regardless of any fear that would oppose, regardless of any feelings that would rise up within. Even as Paul would say, there was fears without and fears within, yet God helped us and delivered us. Father, we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray if there's anyone in this place today who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord God, that they would fall to their knees and that they would, Lord God, repent of their sins, Lord God, and turn to you, turn from their own ways and turn to you and say, Lord God, be my God, be my Lord, be my Savior. Cover me in your blood. Make me new. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God, for giving us, for being in neutral Lord when we're out of gear it's easy to be pushed any direction you want us to be in gear moving forward sometimes that different gears have different speeds that we're allowed to go and sometimes it just seems like a small crawl but we're still moving forward there are certain things that God you that you God has to have you get a hold of before he can put you in third or fourth gear 
There are foundational things that have to be there to get you started so that you won't be moved. Father, I thank you for your word. I just release it over your people today, Lord God. Let them take everything that you desire them to have from this message today as kings, priests, and prophets, Lord God, and working with your word and with your angels that you've given charge, Lord God, to work with us, Lord God, that we may have effect in our our own homes, our own families, Lord God, our, our, our sphere of influence in this area, Lord God, our churches and our governments, wherever we are, Lord God, as we see, we speak, Lord God. As we hear, we speak, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we give you glory and we give you praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. If you need prayer for anything, we're going to dismiss. But if you need prayer for anything, especially if, if uh, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we ask you to take a step out and come and someone will pray with you. You can give your life to Jesus Christ. If you need prayer for anything, whatever it would be, we're going to be here for you. We love you guys. Let me just pray this prayer of you. Father, I pray that you would bless and protect everyone here, that you may smile on them and be gracious to them, and that you may show your favor to them and give them peace, true, lasting peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys.